Well, we are in a series called What to Do in a Famine. It's been, uh, I hope, a blessing to you. This is week three, and uh, we're just going to continue on this journey. I think just this week, maybe next week as well, uh, but just kind of trying to hear from the Holy Spirit, really trying to give you guys a, a relevant word every week um, that's really speaking to where we are as a nation and uh, where we are in our world right now. And so we're going to continue on this. But as we talked about, a famine is a scarcity of resources. And we see that the Bible is full of famines, that this is nothing new to God, really shouldn't be anything new to us. Uh, I understand that there are moments like we're in right now, they feel very unsure, they feel very uh, scary, they feel, man, like what is going to happen next? But I'm just telling you, that God can sustain you through this moment. God is sustaining you through this moment. God is not rocked off his throne right now. He's not, he's not chewing on his nails. He's not freaking out. God is in control. And God has a plan for you, a plan for me, a plan for us, even through this season. And so we're going to continue to look at this. And um, I'm a, a really excited about this word. This is 1 Kings chapter 17. And I'm going to read starting at verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath at the region of Sidon and stay there. I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went. This is, uh, of course, the prophet Elijah. He went to Zarephath. And when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called and bring me a piece of bread as well. Now, this is such, that is such a guy move. Every husband has done this to his wife. And uh, every son has done this to his mother. Can you get me a water? Can you get me something to drink? And maybe, I don't know, a hot pocket or something while you're there. And so, he's he, just a total bro move. I love that about the scripture. Okay. So then he goes on, verse 12. As surely as the Lord God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home. I'm going to make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Wow. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just get that in your spirit right now. Why don't you look at whoever you're with right now in your home or wherever you are and just tell them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, but first. So he's like, cool, you want to go make that and die? Cool. Just first, (laughs) make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the land she went away and did as Elijah told her so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family for the jar of flour now notice for her family it wasn't just for her and her son now but for her extended family look what God does for her for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. And I want to talk about miracles a little bit today. And I want to talk about miracles in famine. Uh, because I really do want you to believe God to move in your life during this season. In the same way that they were in a famine in Scripture. And they happen to be in famine because of a drought. We happen to be 
in a scarcity of resource because of this pandemic, but no matter how we found ourselves in this moment of famine, in this moment of scarcity, I believe that God can do something supernatural in your life. In Jesus' name, come on, say amen to that. Wherever you're hearing this, amen to that. So I want to talk about miracles and famine. Father, I just pray now that as I preach your word, Holy Spirit, that you would illuminate it, that you would speak right to our hearts, that you would give every person something tailor-made just for them. No matter where people are, even on their faith journey as they're watching this, just praying, Holy Spirit, fall upon your people. Embrace us speak to us in this moment we believe that your word will sustain us even through this famine in Jesus name and everyone said amen and amen and amen thank you brother appreciate you we're talking about miracles and famine let me just uh, define a miracle for you quickly Uh, the word miracle means a surprising and welcome event Yo, I'm trying to have more of those. Not bad surprises, good surprises. A surprising and welcome event that is not explainable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. One more time, it's a surprising and welcome event that is not explainable by natural or scientific laws. It is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency agency. This is awesome. Now, when I say the word miracle, uh, in the New Testament, like um, Acts chapter 19 talks about how God did extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul. This word miracle in the Greek language is the word um, where we get dynamic or dynamite. And so it's like an explosion of power. And so when God talks about miracles in the New Testament, the Greek word is dunamis, and it just means a release of power. It means means where God comes in and does what we cannot do. We've done what we know to do, but we've run out, and then God moves, and there's an explosion of power. There's an explosion of might. There is this dynamic moment, this dynamite moment, this moment where God takes over. And so this is really cool because when Jesus said you would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Acts chapter 1, it's that same Greek word of dunamis. And now we see it again now for the miraculous. And so miracles are not where... Uh, we ignore God and we never are, are trying to follow God or listen to God and then we get in trouble and it's like, Lord, we need you to do something, you know. I don't know if you've ever prayed that kind of prayer, like, Lord, if you get me out of this, I'll be a missionary or something, you know, not that. We're talking about I'm following God, I'm obeying God, but Lord, I've run out of strength. Holy Spirit, I need the dunamis power of God. I need your dynamic flow in my life. I need an explosion of your presence. I need a welcome and surprising event to break in to my natural life with a supernatural flow from God. That is what we are talking about. We are talking about supernatural help. When I'm talking about miracles, supernatural help, power, and creativity. A welcome supernatural surprise from heaven that sustains us through famine. Wow, amen. That's what I'm believing God for. So I'm not not defining the miracle. I'm just reminding myself I cannot make it through this season without God. And then when I pray for miracles, I am asking God, Lord, I don't want to go through this season without you. I want your power. 
I want your strength. I'm welcoming you. I'm asking for Holy Spirit surprises in my life and in my family's life. God, I don't want to go through this famine without you. I don't want to go to a mountaintop without you. I don't want to go through a valley without you. I don't want to go through good seasons without you, bad seasons without you. So I'm believing for miracles in famine. Amen. So look what Psalm 37 verse 19 says. It says that they are not put to shame in evil times. These are the people of God. That's you. That's me. That's us. We will not be put to shame in evil times. In the days of famine, they have abundance. Wow. What a word from God. What a promise from God. That even in famine moments, God says, I will supply abundance. Joy, peace, power, creativity, strength, love, faith, resource, whatever it is that you need. God says that even though all around you is famine, you can have abundance. That you, that you almost feel bad when you're talking to people because they're talking about how freaked out they are and you're like, yeah, yeah, for sure, like I'm freaked out too. But in reality, you're like, man, I just feel like God's really doing something in my life right now. Like I know you're going crazy and I know you're freaking out and I know you're scared to go out of the house. I, I, all I'm saying is that even in the midst of, of all that's going on, we, we can look at our family and go, God, it's like we have abundance. It's like, man, I feel like God's moving in our life. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about miracles and famine. But let me just give you three things I see from the text to release this dynamic power of God in our life, this dunamis, this miraculous flow, this, this welcome surprise from heaven. Here's the first thing. Change your attitude. Yo, change your attitude. Now, for all of our surf team, you already know I've been talking about this because we're going through the book of Philippians on Tuesday nights. And you know that the Apostle Paul is all over this attitude thing and this joy thing in the book of Philippians. But uh, you're going to have to change your attitude if you want to be open to God doing something great in your life. Here's what the woman said. She said, I'm going to make a piece of bread. We're going to eat it and we're going to die. And if you watch Saturday Night Live, this is the Debbie Downer moment. This is the moment. It is like, wow, how, how did you get here? Now, they hadn't even been in the famine that long. They, they still had quite a while. They still had a longer amount of famine that they were still going to have to go through than they were in this season. She was early into this moment, and she was already talking about like, yeah, we're going to have a piece of bread tonight for dinner, and then we're going to die. That's like, that's what we're up to. Can you, can you just think about this? She, is, she has already been defeated emotionally and mentally. And maybe you're there right now. Maybe you just already feel just beat up and defeated. You, you've already lost faith. You've already, you're already losing your perspective. I am telling you that I believe the Holy Spirit is inviting you today to change your attitude. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying this season isn't challenging. I'm not saying what you're going through is not real. But what I am saying is it is so easy. I know it's easy because I've already been tempted with it that you can just sit at home and think, well, I guess this is the, this is the end. I guess it's over. I guess we're never going back to normal. I guess this is just how it's going to be. For, and, and we can just get into a place of complete defeat. We can go here so easily. 
So I'm not judging you because I'm saying it can, it can literally happen any day where it just kind of shows up and all of a sudden you have the mentality of this woman, just, well, I guess it's over. I guess this is it. I guess we're just going to, this is our life now. And we just, we, we totally remove God from the equation and we get all of our news from the news and we just live in defeat. Now, let me just remind you that every news station that you watch is owned by entertainment companies. So don't forget that. And entertainment companies know that two things sell, desire and fear. And so news is always going to hit you with a headline that's going to try to draw you in. And it's always bad news. It's fear, y'all. And we are being inundated with fear. I am not making light of what we're going through, but what I am saying is these news stations know how to keep us hooked on a drug called fear, where we are just, well, whatever CNN says, I guess that, well, I guess whatever Fox News says, I guess whatever MSN says, I guess, and, and if we've learned anything through this so far, we've learned that experts can be right and wrong, and that I don't want to live glued to a journalist that is purposely trying to get me, yeah, so my, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to keep my main news, the good news, <laughs> which is God, which is the word, which is the gospel. I'm going to glance at the news. I'm going to check out the little press conferences. I'm, I'm keeping up with our governor, and I'm finding out what's going on in our state. But can I just tell you, I'm spending less time on social media. I'm spending a lot less time on Facebook. OMG, that place is the Wild West. I'm spending less time on the news because all of that is feeding fear. Fear, fear. And that's where this woman got. You, you could imagine her in 2020 looking at her Twitter going, we just going to eat this in and out burger and die tonight. <laughs> Checking her Twitter. It's the end of the world. Listen, y'all, we got to believe for more than that. Now, now look what the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 12. It says later, of course, it pays off handsomely. It's talking about when God is dealing with our lives, disciplining our lives, working in our lives. It says it pays off handsomely. So if you feel stretched right now, if you'll persevere, it'll pay off handsomely. For it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. So don't sit around on your hands. No more dragging your feet. Clear the path for long-distance runners so no one will fall and, or will trip and fall, so no one will step in a hole and sprain an ankle, help each other out, and run for it. Here's what the Hebrew writer is saying. He's saying, don't drag your feet right now. Don't sit on your hands right now. Really, the, the mental picture is, like, don't throw a fit right now with a bad attitude. For, for all the parents out there, you know it's true. You can tell your kid to do something, and they do it, but they do it with attitude. And they're not running with endurance. They're not celebrating the discipline. They're just throwing a fit. Goldie's doing it now. Added, I mean, it's amazing. She's three, and we'll tell her, to, and she'll just, ah. She'll just go throw herself on the couch. Ugh. We're like, when did you become 16? How did this happen? Do we ground you? I mean, what do we do? I don't even know what to do with this kid. I, I think that God's looking at us going, please don't throw a fit right now. Keep your attitude up. Keep your hopes up. Don't have the mentality that this woman had of just, well, just, I guess it's over. God's going, come on, get out there. Run. Move. Believe. 
Don't just sit on your hands. Don't resist what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in your life. And I love Elijah's response because I think it's really gracious. She's like, yeah, we're just going to eat and die. And he's like, yeah, for sure. Like, that's great. Good idea. But first, but first, I want to tell everybody, but first, I want to get this in somebody's spirit today, but first, he said, but before you do it, involve me. Now, Elijah was a prophet. Elijah represented God in the earth. Could I say it like this? Why don't you involve God in what's happening? The woman was going to make a cake, split it in two. She was going to have a piece and her son was going to have a piece. And Elijah said, why don't you cut it in thirds? Why don't you get me involved in your situation? Why don't you add me? Can I just tell somebody, why don't you bring God in? I know you know everything about this disease. You know everything about the economy. You know everything about politics. You know everything about what governors should be doing and not be doing and mayors should be doing and not be. And I am so proud of you and you're so educated. But why don't we let God have a peace in this famine? God, what are you saying? What are you doing? How are you leading me? Now, I want you to be excited and passionate about whatever you're excited and passionate about. But listen, why don't we bring God into it? Elijah goes, can you break me off a piece? Can, can, can you cut it into thirds instead of in half? I, I want to tell you, bring God into it. That's why we always say that prayer is not our last resort. It's our first response. Okay, God, what are you doing right now? What are you saying right now? I, w- I would love for you to be involved in this famine because I, I guess I'm not getting out of it today. I guess it's not just a two-week little thing that was going to roll through in March and, and lift. I guess we're here for a minute. So, Lord, can I, let me bring you in to the dinner table. Let me bring you in to my life. Let me bring you in to what I'm bringing into my life. Lord, I want you to be a part of it. You gotta change your attitude from I guess we're just gonna die to, all right, Lord, speak to me. Guide me, lead me. Wow. Think about it, change your attitude. And, and, and frankly, I like what he says. He goes, make me a cake. It's almost like he says, hey, get your eyes off of you and help somebody else. And, and this is just, it's kind of free. It's not really in my notes, but why don't you help somebody this week? Why don't you be a blessing this week? Instead of just sitting there on your couch this week freaking out, and I get it because it's so easy to happen, so easy to go there. Why don't you make that phone call, send that text, bless that person, make that FaceTime call. Send those flowers. Send that gift. Make that phone call. Do, do something to be a blessing to somebody else. Don't just operate and, well, I guess me and my family, I guess we're going to die. Invite someone in. I know there's social distancing. I know there's rules. But you can still be a blessing in this season. And there's something about just taking your eyes off of just what's about you and being a blessing to somebody else. Change your attitude. Here's number two. Reject fear. Reject fear. Here's what's amazing about the text that I think 
uh, I know is so true in my own life. He tells her, don't be afraid. Now, think about it, y'all. It, it, she never says she was afraid. Think about it. She never shows panic or fear. She, she doesn't run up to Elijah and go, we're freaking out. We don't know what we're going to do. She actually seems pretty composed. But she was afraid. Jamin, how do you know she was afraid? Because Elijah picked it up. Elijah as a prophet, Elijah as a man of God, could, could pick up in the spirit that what you're doing, lady, you're doing out of fear. We're just going to eat and die. And he goes, don't be afraid. She never admitted fear, but Elijah knew she was operating in fear. Just because you're not admitting that you're afraid doesn't mean that fear is not making your decisions. Hello. I'm right here in your kitchen right now. I'm talking right to you. Just because you're not admitting it, just because you're acting strong in front of your family, just because you're acting like you got it all together, does not mean that fear is not making your decisions. Out of fear, this woman says, it's over, we're gonna die. And Elijah says, don't be afraid. Do not fear. Do not fear. Now, I know this because I've been right there. I've been afraid and not known I was afraid. I don't know if I've, I don't think I've ever shared this publicly, but I've had two panic attacks since we started the church. Both times, I thought it was a heart attack. So I remember driving to our, uh, when we first moved here, we lived with our in-laws, my brother and sister-in-law, and I was driving up to their house, and I remember calling Shannon, and I felt pain all through my arm. I felt pain all through my chest. I couldn't breathe. I was hot. I was sweating, and I called her, and like, so trying to be cool about it. I was like, hey, I think I'm just gonna stop at St. Rose real quick. <laughs> and she's like, what's up? And I'm like, like got a lump in my throat, but like trying to be cool. I think I'm just having a heart attack, you know, but like trying to keep it cool. She's like, here I come. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool, cool. I'll call you if I, if I don't know what's going on. So I walk in and I'm like, hi, you know, and this dude who recognized me from years ago, is like, what's up, Jay? And I'm like, hey, man, I'll be right there. I just got to tell, you know, so like, this is all happening. Like, it was so weird. And he's like, what you in for? And I was like, ah, I don't know. I just kind of want to talk to them. And I'm like, how about you? Like, I asked. He's like, yeah, I got this weird bump here. I think I got to get, I'm like, ah, I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> this is all happening, y'all. It's just awkward. And so we're like in line together. And he's like, yeah, I got this thing. I think I got it. And she's like, cool. You're going to go wait six hours, you know. And she's like, what about you? I was like, yeah, I think I'm having a heart attack. And she's like, heart attack. You know, I mean, they freak. If you want to get to the front of a line at an ER, just say you're having a heart attack. And I mean, they bring you in. They, da, 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 they do all this stuff. And he's like, man, I got great news. I'm like, what? He's like, you're not having a heart attack. I was like, what is happening to me? And he goes, you're having a panic attack. And I'm like, I don't, I didn't feel panicked. I didn't feel afraid. I didn't feel, but it was just the pressure of us moving to Vegas and planting the church. And then sure enough, about a year later, it started happening again. I started getting all those pains again, all that. I, and, and now I kind of pushed it off for a couple of weeks, but it eventually got too bad. Again, I walk in totally convinced, walked into the ER saying I had a heart attack. 
And again, they said, no, you're having a panic attack. And I was operating in fear. I didn't even know it. So let me just talk to every person who's afraid right now. And some of you don't even know you're afraid. I just want to speak, do not fear. Don't be afraid. God's with you. God's for you. You don't have to live in that. You don't have to live in that panic, that worry. And I get it right now because the fear, it's like there's fear about everything. There's fear of am I going to have a job? There's fear of I'm afraid to go back to work. There's fear of what's, what's life going to look like. There's fear about I don't want to get it. I don't want my kids to get it. I want my kids to go back to school, but I don't want them to get the disease. I understand there, are, there is so much fear. I'm not making light of it, and a lot of you are feeling it, and you don't even know you're feeling it. I just, I declare over you, do not be afraid. When, I, when God says do not be afraid, he is not saying toughen up. He's not saying get over it. He's not saying you need more faith. When God says do not be afraid, he's inviting you to trust him. He's inviting you to trust him. So let me just give you two passages of scripture. I just want to speak them over you. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Don't panic. I'm with you. Hear that from the Holy Spirit right now. Don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear for I am your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. I will keep a firm grip on you. What a confession of faith this week. God has a firm grip on me, my family, my children, my future, my life. How about Isaiah 43, verse 2? Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. (laughs) When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am your God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. When God says do not fear, he's not saying toughen up. He's saying trust me. And I want to ask you to trust God. You will not sink. Jabin, I feel like it's over my head. I feel like, I'm, I just feel like it's all around me. You will not sink. He will not let you fall to the bottom of that water. We're teaching Goldie right now to swim without floaties. So we took her floaties off today and I held her in the water and I said, I'm gonna let you go. And I said, but I'm not gonna let you drown. And you're gonna go under and you're going to swim to the top. And whenever your face breaks through and you take that breath, I'm going to pick you up. And then we're going to take a break. And then I'm going to let you go. And you're going to go under. And you're going to swim to the top. And then I'm going to pick you up. And I said, you don't need to be afraid because I'm right here. Can I just tell you? God is not going to let you sink. Do not be afraid. Do not. He's right with you. Can I tell you that when I'm in the water with Goldie, I'm never more present. Because she's most at danger in the water. Yeah? So I'm most present. 
you feel like you're in danger right now? Do you feel like the water's surrounding you right now? Do you feel like, I don't know, I'm going to make it? He's never been closer. He's never been more present. He's never been more attentive. Because he's not going to let you sink. We're talking about miracles and famine. We're talking about the dunamis power of God, a dynamic explosion of God's power in your life to sustain you through this season. Here's, here's the last one. I have the keys come up. Obey God. Obey. So she went away and did as Elijah told her. She just obeyed. What's obedience? Doing what God told you to do. <laughs> Jamie, what should I be doing right now? The last thing God told you to do? Just obey. It's, it's not easy, but it's very simple. Obey. She did it. Her, her obedience released this miracle. She could have said, get lost. And she would have went home and she would have ate the bread with her son and they would have died. But instead, she invited the working of God in. Here's what I want to say, because I'm not talking about, uh, think about this. Her obedience didn't break the famine. The famine continued. Her obedience sustained her through the famine. So we don't obey and tomorrow they go, hey, there's been a miraculous cure, no more COVID. No, it's around. It's going to be around. But God's going to sustain us through it. And, and a lot of you have been saying, God, get me out of it. And God's going, no, I'm going to sustain you through it. God didn't get her out of it. He walked her through it, fed her through it, sustained her through it. And a lot of us are saying, God, get me out of this. And God's going, I'm not going to get you out of it. But I'm going to be with you in it. And I'm going to sustain you through the whole moment. And you're actually going to be grateful for it on the other side. Obedience. Isaiah chapter 1 says, come on, let's reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Willing and obedient. God, I want to be willing and obedient. John chapter 2, the famous story of the wedding at Cana. Mary, the mother of Jesus, looks at the servants and says, Hey, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. What a great what, what, like Christianity 101. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. John four, uh, 14, verse 15 and 16. If you love me, obey my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Jesus says, if you love me, obey me. And if you're willing to do that, he says, you're not going to obey me alone. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. This is spirit-powered in obedience. This is not my self-strength, self-sustaining, just I'm going to obey God. I'm going I'm to just grip my teeth and try my hardest. No, no, no. I love God. I'm going to obey God. And the Holy Spirit is going to help me do it.
So you're not going to obey alone. You're going to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. But there is still something that we have to do. Obedience. Don't overthink obedience. I know so many theologians who have read that scripture in John 14 and preached around it to try to, I don't know, relieve pressure from people. There's no pressure here. It's just really simple. You love God? Yeah. Obey. Okay. Obey His Word. Obey the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Obey His wisdom. Obey that that little instruction from heaven that says, hey, make me a cake. (laughs) Hey, go be a blessing to that person. Hey, go pray for your friend. Hey, send that text. Hey, make that phone call. It's like we just obey whatever God's telling us to do. If you love me, obey me. And there's joy in obedience. And there's strength in obedience. And there's the the power of the Holy Spirit in obedience. And there's satisfaction in obedience. And obedience is awesome. It's not always easy, but it's, it's, it's simple. And God rewards it. You feel, the, you feel the pleasure of heaven behind it. And we're not trying to earn God's love. We, we can't. We're not earning God's favor. We can't. But if we love God, we obey. And there's something powerful about it. And, and her obedience released something that helped her sustain through the famine. And the Bible said, and the flour did not run out and the oil did not run out. And I believe that for you. I'm believing God for supernatural surprises. Welcome moments from out of nowhere where God knocks on your door and says, but first, would you allow me in to this situation? That's what I'm believing. I'm believing for miracles and famine. I was praying for you today. I was in my backyard this morning. I was praying and I said, Holy Spirit, Would you release miracles for your people, for our church? Would you you supernaturally sustain your people through this moment? Would you bring families closer together than ever? Would our faith be stronger than ever? Would our love for you be, be stronger than ever? Would our hope be stronger than ever? I'm telling you, we're we're believing for miracles. We're not, not just to where we're surviving, but we're thriving. Because even in famine, we have abundance. That's my prayer for you. In Jesus' name, miracles in famine. Father, whatever your people need today, there are so many needs. There are so many worries. There are so many thoughts. There are so many fears. There are so many emotions. Father, in the name of Jesus. You know what every person needs on the other side of that camera. You know what every person who's going to watch this is going through. I just pray, meet them right where they are. A welcome surprise. Something so supernatural that science can't get the credit for it. The natural elements can't get the credit for it. This must be the divine intervention of God 
Oh God, let it be true in your people's lives. Sustain your people, I pray. In Jesus' name.